I don't even know what to expect anymore. Out of out of left field trades, crazy signings, and I don't even like, who had Tyree Kill going to the Dolphins on their free agency bingo board. I mean, I, if you did, congratulations. You know, you are now the official bingo champion. You deserve every reward that is being presented at that competition. Usually, it's like a pack of Snickers or a bubble gum, something like that. But you know what? You will deserve it. Man, what is going on, everybody? It is Sleeper Wire. I am Natter alongside the number one Australian analyst, Sheehan. How you doing over there? I'm good. I tell you what, I'm tired just looking at the NFL at the moment. It's sort of the manic, coked-up energy of 80s Robin Williams. It's just stuff happening everywhere. And just like, give, give me... I went away for the weekend, and stuff just needed to stop happening so I could stop and enjoy my time uh, on holiday. And it uh, and didn't and trying to do work today and all of a sudden Tyreek Hill's disgruntled. Tyreek Hill is now a dolphin. It's um, things move pretty quickly in the the NFL if you don't stop to look around for a moment. Every, every single time something happens, I just look at my fantasy team. I'm like, how does this affect my dynasty team? How does this change it for the worse? Because somehow it always ends up being that way. Like, like I, I, we're going to talk about Tyreek Hill a lot because, I mean, obviously he is wide receiver one. Usually in uh, redraft leagues, he goes late first round, early second round for one of the first wide receivers off the board. So obviously there's going to be heavy, heavy discussion with him. But of course, staying patiently in the back, Mr. Pat Fitzmorris hanging out. Luckily, you were able to join us. I know it was a little bit of a short notice, but we appreciate having you on. Yeah, Natter and Shin, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, what you were saying about the dynasty thing, I've got two in a couple leagues. So today felt like finding a $100 bill in a, a jeans pocket that I had forgotten about or something like that. It was mm-hmm. like, that's always uh, nice. Yeah, unexpected windfall, man. And, and here I thought today might be a, a quiet day on the NFL transactions front. Apparently not. It's it's a little wild to think about because if if Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins was a direct correlation to the, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, then it's every penny worth spent for the Raiders to pay Devontae Adams. Because not only did they become a lot stronger, the, the Chiefs became heavily weaker. And obviously they were top of the division so i mean it's kind of a double win if you're a raiders fan i know uh, i had i have a a very good friend he is a raiders fan and uh when before the even the Devontae adams trade took place uh i brought up to him that Devontae bought a house in las vegas a 12 million dollar house and you don't typically do that unless you plan on living there 
and you know him being the pessimist or the gla glass half empty type of person he's like no no you know he's trying to like downplay it a little bit he said oh it's probably like an investment property or some sort but you know I told him, you don't buy a $12 million investment property. You could buy 12 $1 million investment properties, but you wouldn't go the other way for that. So once it happened, you know, I had to kind of rub it in his face a little bit that said that, hey, I was right. Um, but congrats to the Raiders. I mean, I don't think Devontae Adams' fantasy value drops too much. I think it has to take a hit from the quarterback change, but I think Tyreek Hill's fantasy value is the one that has a more drastic change. I'd like to hear your guys' opinion on it. We'll start with you, Sheehan. That's well, I just asked for the NFL to calm down and you've come at me with all these questions and twelve million dollar investment properties and would you That's rather live in twelve one million dollar? This is this is too much for me. Um let, let's start with Tyreek Hill. I I don't like it because there is no where he could have gone to uh, neither of them could have gone to a better situation because they were in the best situations they were in though in the best situations yes. for fantasy they were probably in the best situations for their real life production and you know as as happy as pat was with his tour shares i have quite a bit of tyreek hill and i feel like i'm left holding a bunch of beanie babies um we saw last year he's happy to pepper targets to guys who get it done short of the line yeah hill is elite with the ball in his hands but his absolute weapon is his speed and with patrick mahomes you know that he is a threat to score in any play because he's one of the few players with an arm that can match hill's speed we don't know what tour can do down the field we talked uh, about uh, miami needing someone uh, or needing an offense that keeps the defense honest enough to open up the run game and open up those um those shorter targets underneath. Tyreek Hill needs needs air raid, and this is you know this is this is not air raid. This is not even having an air force. A real quick, I'd like to add this point, and before we move on to you, Pat, sorry, uh, but you, at this point, I think the Dolphins have made it that there's absolutely no excuse for Tua to to fail. At this point, they got him Jalen Waddle. They got a nice tight end in Gasecki. They got an elite wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. And they went and got out, uh, went and got uh, Raheem Mostert. I mean, he's going to have five phenomenal games before he's out for the rest of the seasons, but they went out and got a nice running back for him. So, and now they have pieces all around that offense. The only question mark is the quarterback. So, I, I feel like this is it for Tua. If he does not succeed this year, um, we have seen teams move away from the quarterback for doing much less. Uh, I think this is going to be one of them. It's more speed than a party at Lawrence Taylor's house. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's before my time. Sorry. It's hard for me to come in over the top of that. Jeez. Um, but I would say <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I agree, Natter, with your point that, like, they're up a creek if Tua does not prove to be the guy because they've made this huge commitment to Tyreek Hill not only in draft picks but in the the contract and if they don't have the quarterback to leverage Tyreek Hill's speed uh you know which is just such a, a unique weapon like that that sort of speed and and now they've got not only him but Jalen Waddle who has uh lid lifting speed and like my colleague Andrew Erickson at Fantasy Pros kind of brought that up today like do they even need 
Tua to be like a real deep ball artist because like it's maybe going to be all about yak with these guys. We saw Jalen Waddell have an average depth of target of 7.1 yards as a rookie. And is it going to be more about getting these guys the ball on quick routes and letting them use their speed after the catch? But I don't know, man. I mean, you got to stretch that defense if you've got two guys like that. And I think you kind of do need a guy who's going to be able to hit on the deep ball, even if this Mike McDaniel offense is going to be, you know, more of a West Coast style mm -hmm. offense. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I overall, if I was a Dolphins fan, I don't think I'd be crazy about it. I don't think I, it's that great an investment. Do you really think you're that close to being a, a Super Bowl contender with this roster that you want to shove all in like this? Um, and as for the, the values, I don't know. I guess to me, I think Hill's still a top 10 receiver, but maybe toward the bottom of that rather than being a, a higher end wide receiver one. Do you guys agree with that, or is he out of your top 10? He, he is slipping out of the top. I, I don't want to say that because I don't want to say like a, a instant reaction hot take, and then all of a sudden I have to backpedal it. But right now, I think Dev out of the two trades, I think Devontae is still in the better situation. I'd rather have Devontae Adams. He certainly seems the most... Well, of the two, the more quarterback agnostic because he's going to be able to fit with whatever Derek Carr does because he's a better all-around receiver. Like Hill is incredible, and he is excellent at what he does. He's got um, incredible vertical leap for a man his side. He he's just a he's a powerful ball of of muscle and no neck. Um, Adams, on the other hand, is I feel like going to be able to translate a bit better. And I almost feel like Hill and Waddle is going to be like the Patriots' backfield. You don't know who's weak it's going to be. There might be weeks where Waddle's running dummy routes. Like the, the beauty of Tyreek Hill on your roster, and one of the things that I think made him such a desirable asset is the fear factor. It's the fear factor in real-life football that he's going to score at any time and the fear factor of your opposition seeing him in your roster and knowing that they have to be prepared for a blow-up game. Um so I think he's still I think he's still top ten. I think he might even still be top five. I haven't sat down and thought about all the the different permutations of of who I want. But I think Adams probably takes a bigger value hit, but he's almost better in a in a better situation, as weird as that sounds. I trust Derek Carr a lot more than I trust Tua. And I think that's where the edge goes. And I also think the division that Adams plays for requires him to have to have bigger games. I don't think the Dolphins necessarily need to put up 30 points to win games, uh, but I do think the Raiders might have to with how that division has stacked up. So in, in that case, I feel like the Raiders need to be a little bit more high-powered, high, high, powered, high perform. That being said, uh, Pat, you did bring up a great point with, uh, the, of course, their head coach. Usually I would say, oh, you know, if they want to go yak, you got to be able to scheme them open, give them the opportunity to make plays. But, I mean, now you look at the head coach, he's a Shanahan prodigy. He is one of the disciples. So, I mean, you would have to sit there and think, okay, maybe he is in a situation where he can be even better than Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and all those receivers on the Niners where they have the opportunity to have yak, get those yards, make plays. And Tyreek Hill, sorry, no, no offense to Debo Samuel. 
But I do think Tyreek Hill is probably better with the ball in his hands. And that being said, uh, I, I do like his chances. I do like his situation, but it is not wide receiver one situation where Devontae and Tyreek Hill previously was 1A, 1B. Uh, Pat, yeah, got closing I, thoughts? No, uh, I, I buy that. It's going to be interesting. I, like I, It's kind of disappointing, I think, for Waddle. I mean, they. I do. Yeah, that I will agree with. Yeah, I mean, it's just like maybe being in a spot where he was going to be the the clear number one, maybe in a spot where he's running uh, targets and a, a deeper average depth. Uh, it just seems like this kind of is going to stunt his growth. And you know, I had him like right at, at wide receiver ten, I think, and now it's it's almost hard to keep him in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, Gasecki was a nice option. He was going to be one of those sleeper free draft leagues. Uh, for you to target in the later rounds now i'm like ah you know you have to see how that plays out you know when you get blockbuster trades like this now, now you also have to look like darren waller is he now a top three tight end is is hunter renfro still going to be an elite a wide receiver how's how's josh you know jacobs going to be affected Derek Carr, Derek Carr. i think he was the leading uh, passing uh yardage quarterback last year or one of the top five i i don't remember off the top of my head but i mean Derek Carr did have uh what do we call that? Streamer value. Now, he might be an every week starter. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it pushes him up. I think he's maybe a higher end, higher end of mid range quarterback too. And uh, I, I do think it hurts Waller. Like he, he's not a guy I want to touch. I think people will still consider him an elite tight end option. And there's no way. I mean, his targets are going to be capped now for sure. So he loses value. Renfro loses value. Back in Miami, poor Cedric Wilson, who I was actually kind of excited <laughs> about after the way he ended the season. I mean, his fantasy value just went up in a puff of smoke. So, um, yeah, man, so many, so many interesting uh, spillover from this this deal today. The the Tyreek Hill deal. We haven't even talked about Kansas City yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting topic for a conversation. Of course, we're going to talk about the Chiefs a little bit later when they uh, we talk about their free agency signing. Sheen, do you have any uh, last-minute thoughts? Yeah, so Josh McDaniels, we sort of know what he is as a, a product uh, and as a um, an OC in the NFL. He's been doing it for so long. Had I think he's as responsible uh, for Brady's success as probably anyone else in that second tier alongside his uh, Alex Guerrero, whatever he, he wants to be called. Um, so we've seen what McDaniels does with that big receiving tight end with the slot receiver. What we haven't seen uh, McDaniels do is with that, that alpha receiver and certainly not for a long time. Um, there's going to be, there's plenty of mouths to feed, plenty of targets to go around. I think Adams will get his most weeks. I think Waller will probably get his most weeks. It's Hunter Renfro who I'm worried about. But Adams thrived on his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Renfro and Waller thrive on their relationship with Carr. There's clearly like a, you know, it could be a a new dad sort of situation where although Carr and Adams have history, it's, you know, he's not getting those looks early in the season. He could be a nice guy to buy the dip on in the first month of the season, if um, if that's what you're interested in. So I'm looking forward to it play out, and you're right. Um, Miami have to keep up with the Bills, and uh, the Raiders seemingly have to keep up with everyone. Um, 
I'm not, as a Patriots fan, looking forward to the uh, facing Hill twice a year um, and uh, watching our old slow defense get gashed by Hill and, and most and Waddle. Um, no, it's exciting. It's exciting to see new faces in new places above mm. all, even if it's not exciting for our uh, fantasy teams. Yeah, that see, that's the thing is I'm looking at this from a fantasy perspective, but from an NFL general perspective, I think it's really good to have different faces, like you mentioned, different faces in new places. I think it's fun. I think it keeps it interesting. I think uh, it allows it to not get dull and boring. And uh, as long as you're, it's your favorite team that's the one getting better, not screwed over. I think that's the the, the main issue that everybody uh, kind of forgets uh, when your rival team all of a sudden becomes stacked then maybe it's not as fun and you don't like it anymore. But uh, in this case, it doesn't affect me or uh, actually it affects you, Sheehan. So maybe it's not as fun as uh, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you, you live and learn with these sorts of things. You know, maybe maybe the wheels fall off. We can only, we can only, oh, maybe um, Nelson Aguilar is the deep threat. We all think that Hill and, and Waddle are going to be. I know we talked about the guys left behind in Kansas City, but I suppose before we uh, transition to that one, how are we feeling about the, the guys left behind in Green Bay? Because you've paid Aaron Rodgers' notorious finicky quarterback um, a lot of money to throw to no one. Um, uh, Pat, I, mine is going to be more of a joke answer, so I'll let you be serious first. No, oh, well, so I was going to say, I mean, uh, mine's kind of a joke answer too because like Adams goes – Marquez Valdez Scantling was in Kansas City today. I don't know if he's going to sign a, a contract with them or not. I mean, like even Equinemius St. Brown went and signed with the Bears. Like we, do, Rogers doesn't even have Equinemius St. Brown anymore. That is like <laughs> uh, you know in in the the Grinch. That's like the Grinch taking the little crumb from the mouse. <laughs> Equinemius St. Brown is the little crumb. Um, yeah, it's it's gross and. Uh, what I, I think is it's going to lead to, I mean, obviously like it's going to be a really desirable spot for rookies and that is going to inflate the dynasty and redraft value of whichever rookies the Packers draft. And I think they're going to get at least two in this draft and, and two within the a first rounder for sure. And probably one on day two also. Um, but I think what it's going to do is make them run the ball more and throw more to their running backs and tight ends. And I think it's good for the value of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and even Robert Tanyan, who I think is like just an ordinary talent. But, um, you know, coming off that fluky touchdown season in, in 2020, uh, in 2021, I was, you know, shouting sell, sell, sell on, on Robert Tanyan. And now I think I'm back to buy, buy, buy because I like targets have to go somewhere and i think it's going to be a greater distribution to the other positions this year and, and less so at wide receiver mm-hmm. uh, i mean the past few years aaron Rodgers has statistically been more likely to throw the ball away than to throw it to a receiver not named Devonte adams so i honestly think it'll be really bad that's, I just think the Packers are not going to be good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has trust issues. He is, I, I thought Peyton Manning had trust issues. Aaron Rodgers has worse trust issues. And I mean, we've seen it throughout the way he plays and his real life personality. Uh, I mean, he doesn't trust vaccines. He doesn't trust anybody not named Devontae Adams. And now he's not going to trust any other receiver that he throws it to. I mean, he had uh, plenty of receivers that have talent. 
that he refuses to throw the ball to. And he forced Green Bay to re-sign Randall Cobb because he actually trusts Randall Cobb. So, I mean, right now, I believe Randall Cobb is still on that roster. In my opinion, he's a receiver to own. And uh, even if they draft a rookie, while he's going to be a hot commodity, I wouldn't do it because Aaron Rodgers, just he, he doesn't trust anybody. It has to be the right receiver. Like, I, I think, like, Rodgers is the kind of guy who's really finicky about whether a guy, you know, who is supposed to break out off a route, you know, make a cut at the eight-yard mark. Like, you better be on that eight-yard mark and not make that cut at nine yards or seven yards or he's going to be pissed. And um, maybe Chris Olave is the kind of, like, craftsman as a route runner who might fit in well with Rodgers. Maybe there are other guys in this class who could earn his trust quickly. But, yeah, like, he has – it has taken time for him to trust some of his young receivers in the past. I don't think he's going to have much of a choice this year because, like, the remaining free agents – uh, as far as the veterans, like it's it's an ugly group, you know. It's guys like Julio Jones who might be toast, and um, like just AJ Green and Julio Jones. I would have been excited about that <laughs> pairing in 2012, but uh, not so much now. Um, so yeah, they're gonna have to do it. And like Natter, just as a Packers fan, I gotta say, like Adams leaving definitely could not be seen as improving the team although you know hopefully they'll do something with the draft picks they got but their division stinks their conference isn't good and their defense is pretty good so i think they're going to be in position where maybe it's not going to hurt them as much i think they're going to be in game scripts where um they can be a little run heavier than they have been in the past uh i i still think this is a like 10 11 win team minimum I, what, one thing I'd like to know is that if Aaron Rodgers knew Devontae Adams was leaving before he re-signed with the team and got his new contract, because if he didn't... No, they said he did. They said he did. They said he did? Yeah, they said he, he knew that it would not be feasible for them to keep Devontae Adams. And he pretty much knew. And, and he decided to stay. Yep. Wow. Okay, so that, that tells me his whole offseason and everything that he was doing was him bluffing. Or just being a drama queen. Because, I mean, the way he said it, it seemed like even if Devontae was there, that he'd go somewhere else. And Devontae's now not there, and he's still there. I I don't believe Aaron Rodgers won't pay anymore. Well, he got paid, man. I mean, he's definitely no Brady as far as, like, sacrificing <laughs> money to bring in talent. He, he would have gone paid wherever he went. If, if there was a team that wanted it, they would have found a way to pay him whatever he wanted. Exactly what the Packers were offering, he would have gotten whether it was on Seattle, Denver, Steelers, which, whichever team, they would find a way. The Saints, they'd find a way to make the cap room in order to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that one, uh, I will not believe. I, I'm not going to believe a team won't find a way to sign Aaron Rodgers on their roster. I'm certain that there's going to be another big-name wide receiver that comes in. I think it'll be Tyler Lockett. Um, you said big-name. I. Well, he's a big name. He he would be a big name compared to um, it's it's like the Muppets the the film where they're like going down the list of celebrities to try and host the show, and they they resort to kidnapping Jack Black and maybe that's what's going to happen is they're going to have to kidnap uh, DeAndre Hopkins or something like that to get him to play. He's gonna yeah Roger's gonna look out there and wish he was throwing questions to Ken Jennings again. 
Um, I guess we'll, this is content for a future podcast, but yeah, it's uh, it's thin. I, I agree. They're going to take at least, if it's not Olave or Wilson or Burks or someone, they're going to walk out of there with a couple of receivers uh, like they did. Was it they double tapped in the third round a few years ago with St. Brown and um, Jamon Moore and someone else? And uh, I mean, that really worked out. But, you know, you miss, miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and they're going to need to take some shots. Yeah, I can't remember who it was they took right around the same time as Jamon Moore from Missouri. Oh, man, that was a whiff. Uh, but, yeah, you're. I think you're on to something with, like, the locket or a trade for a veteran. Brandon Cooks. Seattle's not going yep. anywhere. The Texans aren't going anywhere. Those are two pretty good trade targets. Brandon Cook's moving to another team and still finding a way to have a 1,000-yard season. I'm all for it. Death taxes and Brandon Cook's having a 1,000 yards. I'm all for it. Uh, I mean, we've discussed all this, and we still haven't even talked about Deshaun Watson to the Browns. That's that's another story. I, I mean, way, way to... F- flip the fantasy script i think everybody was off of the amari cooper train and i don't think i've seen the most twitter analysts do the biggest 180 and say oh amari cooper looks pretty good now and i'm not gonna lie i kind of agree i think amari cooper does look pretty good right now i thought cooper looked good with baker mayfield um although the gross targets were probably likely to come down that target share was probably going to increase and for him not having to compete with targets was going to be uh compete for targets was going to be a good result and i actually was i was kind of high on um on cooper as a potential buy low or at least zig when everyone else is zagging i think if we're going to talk about deshaun watson i think it's probably important to cash off there well i i don't really want to delve into the moral implications of the whole situation because I don't think any of us qualified to do that. And I don't really like the result of it, um, to be honest. Uh, So in a vacuum, let's say it's player X instead of Deshaun Watson, like good for the Browns to go and chase a guy who thinks they're going to put them over the, going to put them over the top. The reality is I don't think the Browns are a quarterback away. Uh, And this is a franchise crippling move in a number of reasons. Um, and, and terrible business and, the, you know, the Browns is the Browns, as uh, as Juju would say. I also think it's worth saying I don't think Deshaun Watson takes a single snap for him next year. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe gets more than the season suspension. But <laughs> in theory, I believe he already had a season suspension. Usually the NFL will take stuff like that into consideration. I remember a couple times Alden Smith had a DUI. And he went inside of a rehab facility and they took those weeks that he was in a rehab facility, missing those games. And they use those as suspension games. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be, comp- I wouldn't be surprised at all. And the way the Browns spent their draft capital, I feel like especially Roger Goodell is going to kind of give the Browns a bone, throw him a little bone over there to say, Hey, he dealt with a suspension. You guys gave up all this draft capital. Okay. We're going to sweep this under the rug. Uh, I mean, they swept the Washington commanders whole scandal under the rug in in a very quick fashion. I think this is kind of a walk in the park for Roger Goodell at this point. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to suspend him for more than like six games tops without any sort of criminal case. Yeah. So, 
just speculation there. Um, yeah, so I, I think he's going to miss some time, but maybe not substantial time. Uh, as far as Cooper, like I kind of was on the same wavelength with Sheehan, I think, as far as sort of seeing the value of him maybe being an alpha receiver in Cleveland, even if I maybe wasn't excited about him being the alpha on a run-heavy team. But now with Deshaun Watson, I mean, they're going to be less run-heavy when he's under center. And, you know, Cooper looks pretty good now, not having to share targets with um, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and also kind of away from the um, – and I don't – I don't know how much of the offense is, uh, you know, being being run by uh, Mike McCarthy and how much of it is being run by Kellen Moore. But, like, McCarthy has sort of been notorious for, like, having his receivers just run a lot of isolation routes. And pe- teams kind of figured that out with Green Bay after a while, and it was hard for receivers to get open. And we almost started seeing that last year, which maybe led to the big Dalton Schultz season. And so um, – you know, I, I think maybe Cooper getting away from Dallas is actually a good thing, even though that seems counterintuitive. I, I do agree. I do think it is a good thing. Um, I would like to also, I, I think Cooper, his fantasy value has drastically gone up because I think now he doesn't have an excuse to be inconsistent anymore. He had inconsistency issues where he'll put up 30 and then he'll put up a donut the next week. I think now he has a much better probability of being around the 10, 15 fantasy point area ish, which in my opinion, I'd take in the third, fourth round. I think pretty confidently. I know his ADP was starting to drop a little bit. I do think his ADP is going to be a little bit nice depending on how free agency go or well, I mean, free agency is over now or in theory over. I mean, we don't know anymore. But how the draft goes, what they do with their draft capital, the Browns, whatever they have left. And then how preseason kind of goes, especially when people are starting to draft a little bit later in to account for preseason. I think that uh, if you start seeing those first couple of drives where uh, Watson and Amari Cooper seem like they got that connection, then I think you're going to see Amari Cooper's uh, ADP kind of significantly skyrocket, uh, especially leading up to redrafts. Um, but that being said, I still think, you know, Nick, Nick Chubb, he's running back one. He's going in the first round. Cream Hunt still going to be one of those high-end handcuffs to streamer value where you can just kind of put in your flex, and he'll probably still pick up some carries, probably tumble in for a touchdown. Uh, but C.D. Lamb, he's going to be the interesting one. He's going to be the polarizing one because as of late, wide receiver twos, high-end elite wide receiver twos, when given the wide receiver one role, have absolutely stumbled, falled, failed, faltered, whatever type of adjective you'd like to use. They have done that. Last Juju, Calvin Ridley, uh, and I'm sure there's a bunch of examples that I can't think of on the top of my head, but I can't think of an example of when a wide receiver two got thrusted in wide receiver one role and has flourished. Um, Maybe I'm drawing a blank. You guys could uh, help me out here, but the situation for C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, is a negative, not a positive. Yeah, we had, um, uh, I couldn't remember who it was, someone on the show last year saying C.D. Lamb's going to get his. They've given him the 88. They want him on the tickets. They want him to be a legacy player. They traded up for him. All of that stuff. And you're right. There's not been a wide receiver too who's ascended to that role. I think he is under so much pressure. We saw him go missing a bit. They've 
who did they add? They added James Washington. They lost Cedric Wilson. I was excited about Cedric Wilson in Dallas. You're excited about him in Miami. Maybe maybe he gets traded before the season even starts. Um, he, he has to perform. There's no way around it. Um, the Cowboys have to go to the playoffs uh, because that's the organization they're after. Jerry Jones isn't getting any younger. Um, and he wants to... He wants to put as many rings on um, on his fingers as he can between now and then, and I guess he sees uh, CD Lamb as the the key to all that. They're another team I wouldn't be surprised um, has a look at the draft as well because Gallup's not playing next year. Uh, I'm trying to think: is this a realistic Super Super Bowl team? No, they're not winning the Super Bowl. No, they're not winning it at all. I think I think it's safe to say that it's unrealistic unless they take a drastic turn. Or they somehow get that defense. I mean, the defense was pretty good last year. Uh, but, I mean, that division, I don't think anybody will ever take them seriously. And I'm trying to think who in that division can overtake Dallas. I still don't realistically see a team that could overtake them. I think they have a free trip to the playoffs, but have a free trip exit home uh, right after that. Pat, do you have any opinions? Yeah. Um, lose Amari Cooper, lose Lael Collins, uh, maybe Ezekiel Elliott has seen better days and, and, you know, even further removed from that PCL injury, maybe he's just not going to be the guy he was before. And I don't know how their defense could possibly be as good as it was last year. So yeah, they might have some issues. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Weakest division in football. And, uh, when we're starting to see divisions stack up, like, I mean, uh, last year, I believe everyone had a unanimous agreement that the NFC West was the strongest. Now, I think everyone's kind of jumping on the AFC West is still the strong is the strongest now. Um, the Steelers, Browns, uh, Ravens. I mean, that's an incredibly tough division as well. Um, OK, may- maybe the Buccaneers division. They're the weakest now. NFC North's not great either. The whole NFC is uh, other than the West. The, the uh, NFC is just trash. Man. Uh, you, you know, it used to be the opposite. You know, it used to be yeah. the, the the joke where it was, you know, everybody's going to duke it out on the NFC and whoever somehow makes it to the Super Bowl is going to lose to Tom Brady anyway. So uh, <laughs> now it's kind of the opposite now. I mean, actually, it's still technically the same because whoever <laughs> wins is the AFC is going to duke it out against Tom Brady again. But it just flipped roles. I mean, may, maybe now because of me, Matthew Stafford and the Rams, Niners look good. Uh, so yeah. Can't take out a ticket, can't take anything away from uh Arizona and all that, but but still, I feel like that still kind of holds true in a way. Yeah, someone said on Twitter the other day that uh Kirk Cousins was the, the fifth best quarterback in the NFC, and I'm just like, I'm a Cousins hater, so I was immediately outraged, but then I was like, wait a second, you know, and I'm like going through the whole <laughs> NFC, I'm like, oh my god, he's right. He is the fifth best quarterback in the NFC. Uh, you, when you think about fifth best quarterback in the AFC right now, it might be Joe Burrow. Right. Right. Yeah. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, someone like that. It's yeah. A, Russell Wilson. There's a lot I mean, of good quarterbacks in the AFC. I don't. I'm not sure. Not even sure he's that high. Huh? Right. I, th- I think it's crazy. We were talking about this earlier. Of course, I'm backtracking a little bit now with with Tua. And how you know the Dolphins now gave him no excuse at this point. I think NFL NFL teams they're gonna draft a quarterback and play him if he does not show elite talent in the first two years he's gone. I don't think I don't think any quarterbacks now going through those five years right now. Baker they're trying to get rid of him, and he's not even on the fifth year option. Uh, I mean, uh, Kyler Murray they're still kind of trying to figure out what they're gonna do with him. 
Uh, it seems like they're going to pay him, but they're also not convinced about him. Same with Lamar Jackson. I, I think unless you show elite talent early, they're going to try to just draft another quarterback, cut their losses, draft another one, try again. I think it's, if you don't have the best, there's no point trying. It's interesting that you include Lamar Jackson in that. He is an elite quarterback. Um, yeah. He just doesn't he's, have he's, the arm to take the top of the offense like some of the others do. He's an elite fantasy option. He's an I elite don't... quarterback. He's the MB, MVP uh, yes. two years ago. Yes, but he also set the record for rushing yards. So, I mean, like, I think he's an elite fantasy option. I would draft him on my fantasy team nine times out of ten if given the opportunity. I give him a 5% chance of actually winning a Super Bowl. Fair. Fair. Coming out of that stacked uh, AFC. Maybe in the NFC, he'd had more of a chance. Uh, in terms of... Um, this isn't even what you were talking about. I was just going to say to circle back to CD Lamb um, and, and I guess put a bow on that and move on to the next bow we might want to talk about. Yeah. I, he's going to be overvalued as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. I don't want to borrow him. He, he's going to be drafted too early. Um, and he's one of these, a bit like Kyle Pitts last year. I would rather whiff on, I'd rather miss out on him than whiff on the pick at that at that point. The draft capital is going to be incredibly expensive for somebody like CD Lamb. It, it, it's hard, it's it's hard to get that type of value unless he's putting, not necessarily Cooper Cup numbers, but he's he's got to have to produce on a consistent level every single week. And it's not just produce. Like, you know, like we're talking about Amari Cooper, 10, 15 points. He's going to have to produce the high teens to early 20s in order to justify it, especially if you're playing full PPR. I mean, in theory, it's possible. Volume, yards, weak division, semi-decent quarterback, or I, I should say above average quarterback. Uh, in theory, it's possible. But reality, historically, it shows that it just does not happen when a wide receiver two gets elevated to wide receiver one. Pat, any closing thoughts? No, that's it. I agree with you guys. I think he's going to be a little overvalued. And as I mentioned, I, I'm not crazy about him and a Mike McCarthy offense. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's still too early for me to talk about Deshaun Watson and his ADP and his expectations. I'd like to see for sure if he gets suspended or not. Then I will give you guys, or I would give, you know, an opinion of an accurate ADP and an estimation of what to expect from those type of players. But until then, I feel like it's just kind of a sit and waiting game. But right now, Matt Ryan to the Colts. I think this is a good trade. I think I think Matt Ryan's a good quarterback and a really good quarterback. I think he has Super Bowl winning potential. I know he's a little bit older in age. I think that he is a step up uh, of Carson Wentz, a significant step up, and. Uh, we were talking about, you know, Michael Pittman just being that average guy that you're kind of putting in in a waiver or, or a, in a, you know, an unlucky bye week type of person. But I think now he has an opportunity to be a solid wide receiver too on your starting lineup. I think this Matt Ryan move is exactly what the Colts were hoping for with Philip Rivers. Um, he's going to be able to turn around, hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, and the offense can run through him. If he needs, he's the adult that quarterback, uh, the quarterback, the adult at quarterback that Cleveland was saying they wanted. That's someone who's not going to make mistakes, someone who's cool under pressure, someone who can pick apart uh, the defense as required, and largely just not stuff up. Um, and although Ryan is sort of the expen the most expensive version of that, I suppose compared to a, like a Teddy Bridgewater or something like that, he gives you a bit more. And you're right; they it does put the Colts into uh, calculations to win the AFC South along with um, the Titans. Uh, 
I don't know if he's good enough to push them over the top to make them a Super Bowl contender. But he makes Michael Pittman more interesting. He makes whoever else is going to be in that offense. And I think they probably add Julio Jones to that team as well. I don't think they need Julio. I think Julio degrades the team at this point. Maybe that's just me being a bitter old man and not liking Julio Jones. But Pat, do you have an opinion? Better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback at yes. this point, Matt Ryan. Yes. I think we can agree. And but I agree with what Sheehan was saying and what you were saying, Natter, that like he is it's a good trade. He's a good quarterback. I think he is good enough to get the Colts deep into the playoffs if they have enough talent around him, and I think they do. They have a really good offensive line. Jonathan Taylor Taylor is an extraordinary running back. They've got a lot of talent on defense. So um yeah, he can run that sort of game where it's like a run-heavy, play-action-heavy offense. And, like, I'm happy for Ryan. He, he deserves to go out on a contending team. Uh, Atlanta was just going to be, like, a, a sad setup for him. I keep having flashbacks to that Thursday night game against the Patriots last year where he was just getting people in his face every time he dropped back. Um, and it, it was going to be a bad situation in Atlanta. So um, I like the trade, too. I think it's just good all around, good for Ryan, good for the Colts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Now, uh, you know, an F in the chat for all the Atlanta Falcons fans and uh, sorry, guys. Kyle Pittman owners. Uh, sorry, Kyle Pitts owners. And what's that? He just resigned. My favorite play, Cordell Patterson. There we go. You know, now his, his fantasy value probably took a huge dip as well. You know, I, I, I think it, a lot of the times the most important fantasy impacts are not the big names and big players moving. It's the little ripples that happen. You know, the little after way, aftershocks of their impact moving, of the smaller players around them. Because those are the usually ones that we end up talking about when we're talking about waiver wire pickups, starts and sits, and all starts, all that kind of sorts. Like you already know you're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Amari Cooper. You're starting Deshaun Watson if he's playing. You're starting uh, CD Lamb because you drafted him so high. So, I mean, it's like it doesn't necessarily matter where they go. You're still starting them. You're still starting Devontae Adams. It doesn't matter. If he had seven bad weeks in a row, it doesn't matter. You're still starting him. Um, so in, in it, sometimes talking about them is kind of uh, irrelevant in a way other than for entertainment purposes, because you're starting them. That's it. Uh, so talking about Hunter Renfro is sometimes more important because I mean, he's in the starts and sits that a lot of people talk about or produce in the rankings, uh, and so on and so forth, stuff like that. Like Darren Waller, like, yeah, he might've dropped down a little bit, but you're still starting him. So. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter, but uh, something like Michael Pittman, yeah, it does matter. Cordell Patterson, yes, it does matter, um, and all that sorts. Uh, but right now, Marcus Mariota is taking the place of Matt Ryan. Um, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like this is kind of like a, I don't know. It's going to be how to explain it. It's like who cares? It's going to be a dozen plays a week, uh, maybe more where the second best pass catcher on the field for the Falcons is going to be the extra lineman they put in. Like, it, <laughs> it, they've got Olamide Zacchaeus and uh, Christian Blake and um, I was going to say Felipe Franks. He's the quarterback. Uh, the guy they drafted. Uh, Frank Darwin. No, I was going to say Frank Ocean, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> you know what? They might as well have Frank Ocean out there because what the hell. 
they're another team that's clearly going to add someone at uh, at the draft, as far as I'm concerned. But by the same time, they've got a lot of holes on their roster where I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just punt the year, which it looks like that's what they're doing. I Mariota is always going to be interesting for fantasy because he's got that rushing floor. Arthur Smith, we've seen what he can do uh, with limited resources. Um, but this is like the football equivalent of guys' grocery games where your necessary ingredient is Marcus Mariota and you have to make a three-course dinner each and every week. Marcus, he's going to have one of those games that everybody's going to say, hey, you know what, maybe he's streamer value, and then everyone's going to start him, he's going to drop a dud, and then I'm, you know, this is going to be a comedy show after that. Uh, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say you mentioned that uh, Atlanta's probably going to draft a wide receiver. I mean, the the landing spots for the wide receivers, and they're like 10 to 12 receivers that a lot of people, you know, are pretty high on in this draft. Some of these guys, you know, like the Chiefs are in the market for a receiver now. The Packers are in the market for receivers, but Atlanta's probably going to draft one. Like Carolina's maybe going to draft one. Like there are going to be some severe landing spots in, you know, polarized, like really, really good, really, really bad. That's going to dramatically change the fantasy value for, you know, like we've, we've got four guys at the top. I, I think people are still sorting out whether they like Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Drake London, who they like more than the other. The landing spots are pretty pretty much going to sort that out for us, I think. Mm-hmm. I will say that a wide receiver that lands on the Chiefs and the Packers are going to be one of the more heavily targeted players. Sure. While um, I kind of hope whoever goes on the Panthers balls out. That way I never have to hear Terrence Marshall Jr.'s name ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> Um, like like the Eagles, the Eagles reportedly want like a big bodied receiver to pair with Devontae. But like you can't get excited about that landing spot with hmm. you know, Jalen Hurts as the quarterback and Devonta Smith already there and Dallas uh, Goddard. So and and Rieger, never forget him, the legend. Zach Pascal. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's right. Put some respect on their names. Those, those are uh, what are they? Uh, round one wide receivers that we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not drafting anybody on the Eagles. I'll tell you that right now. Or Terrence Marshall Jr. I just want to put that dra- on the record. I'm not drafting anyone on the Falcons. I want nothing to do with this offense. Maybe not even Young Way Koo can save No, 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 no. You draft Young Way Koo. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. See, He's got a hell of a leg, a hell of a leg, but he can't kick uh, field goals from like the opposite 40. Yes, but here, think of it this way now. That offense is hopefully good enough to move the ball into field goal range. Not good enough to score. I'm not sure they are. I'm willing to bet on it. Like, I think, I think, especially because that division is not that good. Not that good anymore. Compared to other divisions, I should say. So, I mean, like, if they play Carolina, that should, that's, that'll be a competitive game. The Saints, they, I'm still, you know, the jury's out on them. I mean, the Buccaneers, okay, that, that might be a little bit rough. But other than that, like, I don't think it'd be that bad. It's like 0 17. They're that bad. No, no, they're not 0 17 bad. And they need to draft offensive linemen. That one, I will like Pat. When you when you said like that was a really sad Thursday night game, that was a really sad Thursday night game, especially because in like three of those three, like I, I went against the Patriots defense in about three or four different uh, leagues. So yeah, every single one of those inter- interceptions really hurt. I think they ended up with like 30 fantasy points that day. Oh yeah, they had a massive 
fantasy scoring day. Yeah, that hurt. That hurts. It hurts. Uh, if they draft offensive linemen, and those offensive linemen are semi decent, I think they'll be all right. I think uh, it'll be a little bit of an over dramatic hot take, but I, th- I think they'll be okay. It'll be offensively bad. It'll be offensively bad. Young way cool. That's all I care about. Is you know, it needs to be. It needs to be bad, but just good enough for them to get in field goal range. You know, <laughs> never disrespect my boy like that. So okay, we already talked about Tyree Kill to Miami. And Devonte Adams to Vegas, so we're we're gonna skip over them. Robert Woods to the Titans. Um, I think, yeah, he's not AJ Brown. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not drafting him. I'm with you. Second fiddle now on a, a run heavy offense. Yeah, I think he's gonna, and he's still gonna have the name brand value in drafts. So yes, I don't want him either. I think. Um... Aaron Aaron Rodgers probably texted Brian Gutekunst saying, "What we couldn't offer a fifth rounder for this guy." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I mean, Woods on Woods on the Titans with um, AJ Brown is interesting, um, but he he's the consummate consummate professional, low volume offense. Um, not for me, but I think he could be a nice little keep him on your roster bye week guy. Yeah. The way he got production on the Rams, I think, is more concerning because he had a lot of little what do they call it? Those little jet sweeps uh, on the mm. goal line for touchdowns. He's not getting those anymore. At least I don't assume he's going to get those anymore. I mean, they got Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is phenomenal with the read option in the red zone. He has those sneaky amount of touchdowns every year. Uh, AJ Brown's going to get his. Uh, I, I'm having a difficult time trying to figure out how. Robert Woods can be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I, I, unless something happens to Brown for the season, I, I really don't. Think which, 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 which happens because AJ Brown is a little bit injury prone. Um, you just misused to the Chiefs, Pat. I'll start with you on this one. How interested are you? Pretty interested. Uh, I know he has a limited route tree, but man, like all of a sudden he goes from playing with the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes. Um, like I, I think we're gonna recapture something close to the the early career Juju we saw, and it's funny to say early career when the dude's still only like twenty five. But um, you know, at age twenty two, when, when you have a fourteen hundred yard season, I guess you say things like that. So, um, good situation for him. Uh, they're gonna bring in, they're gonna draft someone like a speed receiver to open things up and let Juju do his thing on, on underneath routes. And, uh, you know, I, I think Travis Kelsey kind of goes back to being the tight end one for me. I had Mark Andrews there pretty much all off season, but now I think, you know, Kelsey's target share is going to be through the roof. Um, yeah. So like pretty good situation for those guys. I, I know, it's not quite as diverse in offense overall, but like, I think it's a really good thing for Juju. He's just such a better situation than he was in last year. You know I mean? Like his, his dynasty value has just been totally resuscitated. Is his value higher with or without Tyreek Hill? I'd say without. Yeah. Otherwise his targets were capped a little bit. Now I think that the target cap is off. Like, I think you could see something like, you know, 130 this year. 
uh, Travis Kelsey was already kind of the underneath little guy, you know, intermediate 10 yards, throw him a little hook pass. And then all of a sudden he turns up field, kind of pinballs, bounces around a couple of people. All of a sudden he has 20 yards a reception and they're going to rinse and repeat. I feel like Juju being underneath might hamper Kelsey's underneathness in a way, if that makes sense. There was a lot of underneath uh, work for the Chiefs this year anyway. Teams were happy to sit deep not allow the big player to let him pick you apart underneath. And so that's going to suit Juju. I sort of think he and Kelsey are kind of eating from the same food trough, as it were, um, and and getting those little underneath routes. But I assume if – this was the beauty of Hill is teams had to respect him. They don't have to respect Nicole Hardman. No. Um, al- although he has the wheels as well, he's not Tyreek Hill. Um, although Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a good field stretcher, He's not Tyreek Hill. He also can't catch. Um, so I would say if I had any of Juju, I would be trying to sell him. I think he's going to be overvalued at redraft. I, I think it's a good landing spot. It's a good landing spot for him. I'm not interested in having him on my team, though. If he is around the fourth to fifth round right now and they don't draft another receiver, they don't. They keep it as the same. Maybe they draft an offensive lineman to help out. Uh, I, I don't think their offensive line necessarily is that bad, but hypothetically speaking, I think I'd be more interested in Juju in the fourth, fifth round, probably around the mid to late fifth round. And then I'd be like, okay, you know what? That's worth it. That's worth the risk. The risk to reward to that is worth it because he could be a high end wide receiver two to wide receiver one. At worst, I wasted a fifth round draft pick, but realistically, how impactful is that fifth round draft pick going to be? And who's going to be around there? Like right now, like TJ Hawkinson is probably going like late fifth. Chris Carson. Would you yeah, rather have either? Them. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of like Juju over them. Yeah, probably. Um, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, that was so he, I was in a uh, like, sort of an industry best ball draft last night. This was last night before the trade went down, and Ayuk was taken after Juju. Early seventh round of a 12-team draft, I think Juju was like top of the top of the seventh round. And then I got Ayuk at 7.05. I was kind of surprised, like before last night when Tyreek Hill was still a member of the Chiefs, I preferred Ayuk to Juju. But now, I mean, I think we might be seeing Juju go like in the fifth round of drafts. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think like if people are in the fifth round and who would I rather have over him around there? Raheem Mostert? I'd rather have Juju than Mostert. Juju than Mostert? I, I think most goes, most goes later than that. Yeah. Goes later. I'm trying to think. Like I, I do think the Dolphins draft the running back. Because, I mean, Mostert's going to have a phenomenal, like I said earlier, he's going to have a phenomenal five games, and then he's going to get injured for the rest of the year. Um, it's going to be Juju or... Um, T. Higgins? Uh, I don't know. Well, Alan Robinson, someone we're probably going to come on to very quickly. What I do think is interesting um, for Juju and the other players of the Chiefs is without Hill um, and I guess we have Byron Pringle, who's like a sneaky big play, play guy as well, we might actually have to see longer drives from the Chiefs, although I know they were kind of a more methodical team this year, but longer drives, less big plays leads to more opportunity, which probably suits Juju and Kelsey a bit more, probably suits Clyde Edwards-Alaire a bit more. I think maybe another 
ten percent on on what what could be available to him, but I, I'm I'm still not interested. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention Clyde Edwards could have a nice value boost because of this, but I didn't want to bite the bullet and actually say that. I was going to say it's a can of worms that's probably not getting <laughs> worth getting into. We can have the we can have the Clyde Edwards Alaire episode uh, as the off season drags on. Yeah, the Clyde Edwards Alaire episode. And and Pringle is a uh, a Chicago Bear now, I believe. She, they've been vacuuming up all the crumbs from everyone else's uh, Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle. Um, yeah. Um, if if the Dolphins have put Tour in a position to succeed, um, Chicago are um, well not doing that with Justin Fields. <laughs> no, no. I, I already put Justin Fields as a bust. That's it. Maybe not because of him, but the situation, talent around him, bust. That's it. I don't. That, that's my that's my hot take. I'm sticking with it, and uh, my hot takes are always correct. Right, guys. Absolutely. Always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Let's speed around a little bit. First, we'll go. Well, first, Alan Robinson. You, you mentioned Alan Robinson. We might as well talk about him. He goes to the Rams. Um, out of situations, he probably went to the best one that I think he could have gone to. Uh, I mean, you like the Rams, high powered offense. And I mean, uh, he's going to be po- probably playing second fiddle to Cooper Cup. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If he takes on Robert Woods' role, but does it better than Robert Woods, then I mean, it should be pretty good considering last year, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods had incredibly identical ADPs. I would see that Allen Robinson has the same ADP as Robert Woods last year, which would be a mid fourth rounder. Is, is Allen Robinson still good? Um, we don't know. I think. It's not, I mean, it's not breaking news here. I don't think he was particularly trying for the Bears last year. Um, so in a new environment, a uh, bit of cash, potential of another Super Bowl ring, maybe we see a return to the player that we have seen in the past. I don't know. Robinson's just a guy that's never excited me. He's never been on any of my fantasy rosters. Um, so I, I guess I just have that that bias against him uh, for whatever reason. I... I I think there'll be a lot of people who are like, eh, Alan Robinson, he's the one you want to get this year. I'm not sure I can. Um, this uh, is something about it I don't like. Yeah, I, I still remember the reruns of me saying Alan Robinson is absolutely bust proof last year. And mm. uh, I'm not sure I want to get bit with that with that, uh, with that, that bug bite right there. Uh, I might have to stay <laughs> away from him just so I can say I did not do that. But uh, I feel like if he's there, I will take Alan Robinson. Of course, that's it's a little early, and there still has more offseason and draft to go through to really change the opinions and solidify everything. But right now, I'd do it. Pat? Yeah, I've been a habitual Allen Robinson buyer in the past myself, but I'm a little less interested. I think I've got him in the top 30, maybe like at wide receiver 30, just barely, and I'll probably drop him out of the top 30 if they do resign Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, I mean, I, I think what we saw Cup do last year is for real. Robinson would have to be a complimentary guy. Um, and as Sheehan said, like, do we know for sure that he's still good? I don't know. Pro- probably, but it's it's not settled. As I'm Googling Alan Robinson's age, Robinson's age, he can't be that old. He's 28. So, okay. So he's 28. Uh, he's, he's younger than I thought. Yeah, and uh, Robert Woods, I think, is thirty now. 
in, in, so I mean, in theory, he should be younger, should be all right, not coming off of an ACL tear. I'm. So you guys rather Juju than uh, Allen Robinson? Personally, yeah. No, I'm okay. Just, I've got Juju just ahead of Robinson. Not by much, though. Okay. All right, that's fair. All right, let's move on to the lightning round. I'm going to name a couple, and then you guys tell me whether you care or not. First, I'm going to rant real fast. Uh, why Why are the Bills signing wide receivers? Why? I just want to know why. Because you have a guy named Gabriel Davis. Phenomenal receiver. Always shows up. Always shows out. If he has 100 yards, he's he, he is either guaranteed 100 yards a game or a touchdown. That statistically, that has always happened. He either plays 70% of the snaps and gets 100 yards receiving or a touchdown. And they want to side, they want to sign these mediocre trash receivers named Crowder to the Bills instead of Gabriel, giving Gabriel Davis the ball. Like I, I can't I can't believe it. I don't understand it. I don't I, I can't fathom it. I don't want to understand it. I think it's just wrong in general. I hate Jamison Crowder now. I am officially on the I hate Jamison Crowder train. Give Gabriel Davis the football. Hashtag give Gabriel Davis the football. Um, that's exactly where I'm going. We're ignoring that because we don't care anymore. Uh, Duke Johnson to the Bills. That's cool. Whatever. Don't care. Ty Montgomery to New England. Hayden Hurst to Cincy. Jakeem Grant to Cleveland. I'll let you guys a- a- answer whether you care or not. Only about Crowder, believe it or not. I know that's going to oh, upset you, Natter, but like I think they have to have their zone-busting slot guy. And I think Crowder might actually be someone you can start if they go against a zone-heavy team. Um, kind of like we saw with Cole Beasley last year. Like when Cole Beasley went up against a team that played a lot of zone, usually had a pretty good game. But, um, you know, against a mostly man team, Beasley kind of disappeared a little bit. I think it'll be the same with Crowder. Uh, uh, go ahead. Chief. I, I I was gonna say I I agree uh, that that's the position they want. I think it's going to be Isaiah McKenzie. He offers a little bit more, I suppose, in in that man coverage. He's a little bit more athletic. I was going to say I don't think Crowder finishes the season on the Bills, um, but you know I don't I don't hate him. He was always, you know, for a guy who's been to some pretty ordinary franchises, he's he's consistent consistent player. Um, there's certainly worse there, and he he knows the division, which is which is good. Uh, Duke Johnson, mildly interested in, but not really in any of the Bills running backs. Ty Montgomery, no. Hayden Hurst to Cincy is interesting. Um, they don't really have anyone else there. Tyler Croft, I, I know, is their CJ Uzama left, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with a late-round tight end in a high-powered offense. Uh, I'm still on Jameson Crowder to the Bills. I still can't stand that. That pisses me off. I hate that because I remember last year she and you and I were talking about it. And then who did they sign? Um, Sanders. Sanders, Cole Beasley. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, you have a Gabriel Davis right there. And they didn't do it. So um, I feel like this year they would learn their lesson, especially when Gabriel Davis had, what is it, like 200 receiving yards and four touchdowns against the Chiefs. And then all of a sudden you would think, all right, this is it. Give him the role. Give him the wide receiver two role right next to Stefan Diggs. And no, they keep doing this to me. Uh, it, it hurts. It hurts. I hate it. And I also hate kind of ranting about it as well, because now I feel like one of those people on Twitter that get angry whenever they don't give uh, he who must not be named and uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. the ball, because for some odd reason, they're supposed to be better than everybody on the field. Sorry, Pat. Uh, I just threw a reference. You didn't understand. She could enlighten you if you'd like to but I, i'm not gonna do it i can't stand that person we nearly went a whole episode without talking about yeah I know. yeah oh, man. God. 
God, I hate that guy. I hate that guy so much. Uh, all right. Back on topic. Hooper to the Titans. Everett to LA Chargers. James Washington to Dallas. Byron Pringle to Chicago. Damian Williams to Falcons. Winston resigning with the Saints. And, I mean, it, kudos to the name. It's a pretty cool name. Ray Ray McLeod to the Niners. Go ahead, Shane. I was going to say, yeah, Hooper to the Titans is another late-round guy in an interesting offense. We thought uh, our man, the Furk, I was sort of more on that train than you were. It was going to I was be kind of on it. something last year. Um, you know, Hooper Hooper is a decent player. Um, you know, another late-round late round tight end in a good offense. Not really interested in Everett. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed in L.A. Uh, James Washington, Dallas is interesting. Um, thought he was a little bit hard done by, and is probably their, their wide receiver too, In again, in a pretty good offense. Uh, and he will be basically free. Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, no, not really interested. Um, I am a big fan of Equinemius St. Brown, so it's good to see that he's still in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's an interesting person. Um, wow. Interesting I'll, I'll just, person, huh? I'll just mention Winston to the Saints. I mean, I think you like that if you are a Camara or Michael Thomas enthusiast, even a Marquez Callaway uh, stakeholder, like, I don't know if we're going to see Winston play the same sort of devil-may-care football that he played in his last year as a starter with the Buccaneers, but an aggressive downfield passer, not afraid to, to throw a ball into a tight window. Um, like, I think that's going to be good for all the pass catchers, and it's going to make that offense interesting at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. I, I just wanted you guys to see if you guys noted that uh, I skipped – Inquinanius St. Brown to the to the Bears. Sorry, who who did you skip? Yeah, see, see, that's why. That's why I skipped it because I was like, I'm not even gonna try saying his name. So I skipped In, it. Um Inquininius is better okay. than I thought you were gonna get with that one. I'm not even gonna try. Sorry. D- Damien Williams on the Falcons is, I guess, mildly interesting. He's probably uh gonna trick a lot of people the same way that Mike Davis tricked a lot of people, but I would personally rather Damien Williams than Cordaro Patterson. I disagree just because I disagree. There's no reason. Yeah. There's no logic. I just disagree. Mm, you're Cordell really Patterson. inquininous in yes. this uh, situation. Yes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I, I just like Cordell Patterson. That's about it. Uh, do you have any wise words? Uh, you stole my segment. You might as well just go on with it now. Well, no, because this is never this this is never about me. This is about our guest. And we've already had, had uh, Pat's wise words. This offseason of how to oh, make yeah. people better football players. Now he gets round two. Fantasy football players. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a second piece of advice? Uh, second piece of it. No, I really don't. I mean, I, I would say, uh, sorry, Sheen, I wouldn't draft Damian Williams. There you go. I don't think, I think there's going to be, I think they're going to probably draft another running back too. Uh, but man, the, the Falcons need to draft a lot of things. So who knows? Maybe Damian Williams will surprise us and be a better version of Mike Davis. If, if I'm a <laughs> Falcons fan, if I'm a Falcons fan, they have this many holes and they draft the running back. I'm pissed. That is the last thing you ever need yeah, you would hmm. on a roster. The sixth round. Yeah. Oh God, I'd be I'd be so salty. Uh, I would. Uh, that's when I traded my jersey for a Browns jersey. At that point, I'd do. <laughs> Swear off Home Depot for life. <laughs> my wise words just listen to me that's all you gotta do right no 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 <laughs> no well 
No, I haven't got any wisdom either. It's too late at night for wisdom from me. Yeah, no, it's like two in the morning for you. And I'm stalling specifically, so you get less sleep. <laughs> Thanks. Really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap up this episode. Of course, this was, uh, I think this is a more entertaining episode. I know we definitely didn't talk too much about the logistics. And the, I mean, we'd started talking about ADPs a little bit and a little of this or that. But of course, we're going to start diving deeper into that as free agency kind of settles down as the draft happens and we can get a little bit more of a clearer picture. But of course, as of right now, Pat, where can everybody find you? Uh, they can find my stuff, my written stuff at fantasypros.com. They can find my uh, podcast fits on fantasy, wherever podcasts are found and on Twitter at fits underscore FF Natter and Sheehan. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. You're always a pleasure to have on. Um, it's always entertaining. You guys, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get to you get to hear my jokes and Sheehan's analytics, and then all of a sudden, some people have a good time. I I, I don't know who has the good time, but I mean, <laughs> I, I just say you can myself. laugh at my analytics and not at Nada's jokes. Yeah, because I mean, you know, my jokes aren't going to be funny at all. But of course, Sheehan, where could everybody find you? Yeah, as always, I'm at Sheehan Solo on uh, Twitter. I'm not really doing a hell of a lot there, but the footy season's back, which means a lot of Docker's content from me uh, and me getting angry at my TV. So uh, come along for that ride if you want to enjoy the highs and lows of um, supporting a uh, an interesting team in the Australian Football League. Um, I will be getting into some rookie stuff now that I have a little bit more time on my hands and um, keep an eye out for upcoming screen pass episodes uh, whenever they start to drop again after our hiatus uh, of course now um i would say follow my twitter but i haven't been on twitter in like three weeks i'll be honest guys um you did, missed anything yeah i know i think i missed a lot but uh what sauce would you put on your chips but ketchup's not available wow um i'd rather just not put sauce at that point anyway all right guys good luck everybody I'm ready for all today.